Hey, what is up guys? Thank you for joining me today for our video. Today we're going to be looking at type 2 and we're going to be talking about the levels of health, three levels of health. Uh, we're going to be looking at it from uh, this book, uh, Bringing Out the Best in Everyone You Coach by Ginger Lapid Bogda, PhD. So uh, if you are a 2 or you know a 2 or live with a 2 or trying to relate to a 2 better, uh, this will be a good video, a good study for you. Um, so thank you for joining me. Uh, let me begin by saying uh, down in the description below is a link to my website, tomlehue.com. And I do offer coaching appointments um, at the website. And um, I, um, um, you know, I'm happy to do it. I've had a lot of uh, great conversations with many of you and have enjoyed my time, you know, interacting. And I, I it's amazing. <clears throat> Sorry, there's been fighting a cold. So you might hear that in my voice. Um, it's amazing how much I learn from conversations. You know, the books <clears throat> and the uh, research and videos can be really helpful, no doubt. But uh, interacting with, with people of every type and having discussions and, um, you know, is another way to learn. And I really appreciate what I've learned uh, from interacting with many of you. You know, some people that uh, book appointments are, are trying to figure out their type or their subtype or their dominant wing, and most people want to know how to, to be a healthier, better version of themselves, how to relate to the other people in their lives in a more healthy way. And I think uh, a lot of people have been helped. Um, a lot of people have been encouraged. Um, you know, to be honest, some of the appointments I've had, I don't know that I really help people as much as I'd like to. Uh, they seemed like they were pretty healthy and um, maybe I could give them a little insight here or there. But then I've had other appointments where I know people, uh, you know, it's been life-changing for them. I've had them tell me that with tears in their eyes. Uh, so it just kind of depends on who you are and what you need. And, and uh, but I'd love to love to talk to you if you um, if you uh, want to make an appointment. I know there are a couple weeks out in advance, uh, but um, but um, I, I'd love to meet with you. All right, so let's get into this topic today um, of the levels of health for type two. And of course, I'm married. My wife Tracy is a type two wing one, uh, the social type, the uh, the mature type, you know, the grown up matriarch type. Um, if you're not sure what about the subtypes, you can watch my video on subtypes of type two. Um, essentially, you know, there's the self-preservation, which is kind of the childlike, cute too, and then the social is the grown-up, mature, um, matriarchal too. I don't mean that in a negative way for if you're a guy, uh, but it's just the let me take care of you and let me, you know, meet your needs and the typical two. I think what a lot of us think of when we think of two is very helpful. Uh, giver, and then the uh, the sexual two, um, I kind of think of more like the the uh, seductive two or the uh, don't you want to be around me uh, two. Um, so let's uh, let's let's talk about levels of health. Like every type, you know, every type healthy is amazing. Um, doesn't matter what your number is. Doesn't matter what your type is. When you're healthy, I mean, you're relating to people well and uh, you, you, you're balanced on your wings and you're moving to your, uh, you know, your, your, your number of health and uh, you're, you're functioning in life. 
but every type can have a dark side. Everybody, every type can have you know a unhealthy uh, side that's prone to move in certain ways, and we want to. We want to expose those, explore those, and look at them. Um, like I said, I've had a lot of experience being married for almost 30 years now to a type two. Um, if you haven't seen my other videos, of course, I'm a type seven wing six. I'm an ENFP. My wife is an ISFJ. Uh, but this is a lot bigger than just you know my wife. Um, I've worked with a lot of twos, uh, although I don't get a lot of calls from twos. Um, you know, I get, uh, I, I would say that, that uh, I get a few, but I don't, I don't get an overwhelming amount of twos that are looking for, for help. Um, and I, I would suggest, if I could just be straightforward and blunt, I would suggest that maybe that is um, a, a bit of the pride showing up in the two. You know, the sin of the two is pride. And that's hard to see at first especially for a two, you know, pride is one of those sins that you don't necessarily see in yourself. I mean, when you tell a glutton that you're a glutton, uh, and then you point at all the stuff they've collected around themselves and all the adventures that they've got stockpiled up that they want to do and everything that makes them happy is outside of them, you know, the glutton can see their gluttony. Um, and all the other types, you know, um, it's hard for ones to see their anger, you know, it's hard for, um, you know, some of the other types. But I think that it is uniquely difficult in some ways for a two who thinks of themselves, who has sort of the script of themselves as a, no, 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 I, I, I just want to help. I just want to give. I just have all this compassion. I just have all this love. I just have all of this, you know, desire to be useful. It's hard for them to wrestle with. No, your sin is pride, because uh, I don't think I don't think that 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 is obvious to them, um, and it may not be obvious to you. You might be hearing that for the first time um, and say, "I don't. I just don't see pride. I don't see pride. I mean, I could see other things, but not pride." Well, you know, at the highest level. The two, um, according to this book, I mean, there's a lot of other books out there with different, but I want to stick with this one just because we got to pick one and go with it, you know, and just get wisdom from wherever we can, uh, from whatever sources we can. But according to, you know, this author, there's three levels of health, and the highest level is called the humble servant. Okay, the highest level of health for a two is the humble servant. The mid level or moderate level of health is called the friend. And I would nuance that a little bit. I would say the special friend, uh, because the two wants to be, um, you know, the person that you're connected to that get the idea kind of like, well, I'm not sure you could make it without me. I'm not sure you, where would you be without me? That you, you need me to be your, um, your special friend. Um, and then the lowest level of health uh, that this author says of, of type two is the manipulator. Um, so that's not a very easy thing for a two to hear. I mean, again, it's striking against your pride. And people will say to me from time to time, uh, Dr. Tom, why aren't your videos more positive? You know, why don't you point out more of the good side of each type? Because a lot of other Enneagram teachers, you know, focus on the positive. 
And I'm a seven, you would think I would focus on the positive. Aha, remember, I'm the social seven, the counter seven. So let's go against my natural tendency to focus on the positive. Because it, to me, it's like, if you, can, if you can see the dark side of your type, then maybe you can see when the dark side shows up and you can observe that a little more and then maybe take some steps to mitigate some of those compulsions and impulses in order to improve yourself. I mean, what's the point of any of this if we're not using it as a tool to improve ourselves, to grow closer to God and to other people and to be more compassionate with ourselves and with others? And so for every type, you have to name the dragon. And the dragon for twos is pride. And let's look at like, we're gonna start with the lowest level and work our way up. So we're gonna start with the dark side and, and move to the, to the light side. But let's just take a second and think about that light side, the humble servant. Okay, to think of yourself as humble would be what? Prideful, wouldn't it? I'm here to serve you. Um, I don't need anything. So you've got that, that high ground. Now the one likes the moral high ground, you know, that um, I do things the right way and other people, they are incompetent and they need to be told what to do and managed. So the one often occupies the moral high ground and I think the two, you know, could, in a sense, occupy the relationship high ground. No, I'm here to help you. I, I, I'm out of touch with my needs. You know, what do you need from me? Uh, they may not know how to really answer that question, or they may feel like they're being selfish if they were to state their needs or to admit that they, like everybody else, had needs that need to be met or that they expect to be met. And so they may come into a relationship with the idea that I'm here to take care of you. Well, then let's flip that around. How can we take care of you? Oh, we can't. We, 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 you don't know what to tell us to do to take care of you. Um, and they may kind of expect us to be able to read their minds to know what they need. Because after all, that's kind of what twos do. Twos lock into a relationship and they learn to read people and, and, and expect and project what people might need next and then move in to meet that need. Whether it's encouragement, whether it's a kind word, whether it's a flattering statement, or whether it's an actual physical need, whether it's to offer rest or comfort or support, and twos really hone in on what people need in that given moment. And I think they're a little bit bewildered that the rest of us may not do that or may not be able to do that with such, um, with such finesse. And so they could be a little bit frustrated when their needs aren't being met, even though they may have a really hard time expressing those needs or even knowing exactly what those needs are. They just may know that they feel unloved and uncared for and, and, and uh, disconnected. And they, they're looking at you like you need to be doing something to fix this. And you're not even aware that maybe there's a problem um, because they may not be verbally directly expressing it because to express um, dis discomfort or to express a need may feel selfish to the two and so they may just kind of clam up and not really share 
uh, what's going on on the inside, you're just supposed to know. And when you don't know, that could be maybe bewildering, I think, to a two, because they tend to know what people need. All right, so let's go with the dark side, the dark side. Let's go to the worst level of health for the two called, she calls the manipulator. And again, I don't think a two would ever see themselves as a manipulator. In fact, I think they would see that other people, other people are the ones that are the manipulators. I'm willing, after all, as a two, I'm willing to do so much for so many people without any thanks or without any um, appreciation and people just take advantage of my goodness, they take advantage of my kindness, they take advantage of my support without even saying thank you, without even, and they're manipulating me, uh, manipulating my goodness, manipulating my kindness, manipulating my willingness. And then when I have a need or when then I need somebody to shoulder me up and pick me up, they're nowhere to be found. And so I think it too, uh, they may at times feel like they're the ones being manipulated by others, but they may be blind to the tactics and the strategies that they sometimes might employ or might be tempted to employ in order to get their needs met by others. And those tactics are often covert and indirect, not overt, not on the surface, they're beneath the surface, um, and let's, let's read what, what the author says. I think it, you'll find it interesting. Okay, so the core fear at the lowest level of type two is being unwanted, being discarded, and deemed intrinsically unworthy. Now, there's the worth and value, right? Because twos, threes, and fours are all in the worth and value group or the heart group or the feelings group. And so twos are struggling with issues of worth and value. The idea is kind of like, well, how do I know that I'm a person that matters? How do I know I'm a person of value? So the three, of course, they stack up all kinds of accomplishments and achievements and name brands and, and all of these trinkets that they adorn themselves with. And then look at me in the mirror. Look at how polished and, and clean I am. And look at the worth and value I have, right? But they never really get to that sense that they've finished uh, all that they need to do in order to have that worth and value? How do they know when they've achieved enough medals or enough certificates or enough awards that now they can rest from the labor? You know, They may never get to that sense that they've finished and accomplished enough. They're, they have this engine driving them. That's enough about threes. Two or fours, you know, they will tend to differentiate themselves away from the group um, and explore ways in which they are special, <clears throat> unique, and different, and then express those to others um, and express their uniqueness and their difference in, uh, in ways that highlight their special abilities, their special gifts, their special talents. And again, they may never feel like they ever are different enough um, or that people are appreciating uh, them enough or including them enough or understanding them enough. Um, now back to the two. So twos want to, like the other two types, 
threes and fours, they want to deal with this issue of worth and value. How do I, how, what, what evidence do I give that I have the right to be alive? And of course, the rest of us on the Enneagram who don't struggle with worth and value as much or to such a great degree, we may wrestle with these thoughts occasionally, but it's not certainly not a daily issue or even a weekly issue in our minds. We just assume that we have value and assume that other people have value and that they bring value, often regardless of what they do, often regardless of what they have attained or regardless of, of how they stand out and, and differentiate themselves. We just assume that we have worth and value, that every person matters. Um, and as a Christian, you know, that every person is created in the image of God and therefore doesn't have to do anything to prove their worth and value. And I always go back to the idea of walking through a nursery at a hospital. None of those infants um, in that nursery have accomplished anything none of other than being born none of them have uh, which may be the you know the greatest thing ever but none of them have attained any awards none of them have differentiated themselves in any way but every one of them is intrinsically worth uh and valuable and regardless of anything that they've done for you or anything they've accomplished and so that doesn't go away simply because we're five years old or ten years old or forty years old that doesn't go away simply because we've gotten older we have intrinsic value and twos threes and fours wrestle with this and so they go about trying to in their own mind and heart meet that need for worth and value and twos um, meet other people's needs, become pleasing to them, um, become needed by other people. And if I'm needed by you and you find me of value and of worth and you want to be around me, then that helps me shore up that doubt in my own mind that, well, maybe I do have value and I do have worth because you need me and you value me and you find me uh, a person that you desire to be around. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, what happens when the two doesn't feel that? What happens when they don't receive that information back from the people in their life, particularly the people in their life that matter the most? Well, they might start to go a little bit dark. They might start to get a little bit nervous, a little bit panicked. Okay, They might start to become a little agitated. Um, and so that's what this author is getting at, is their core fear at this low level is that they're not wanted, is that everybody else, you know, is included. Everybody else is part of this inner circle, and I'm not wanted in the middle of that circle, or I'm not appreciated in the middle of that circle. I'm not the special friend. And so that's a very damaging thought 
Um, it may not be to a nine, for example. A nine might just assume that, well, they don't need me in the middle of the group. You know, I could come or go and it's fine. That's not going to be near as a damaging a thought to a nine or any, or maybe any of the other types uh, as it is to a two, to believe that uh, these other people or these people that matter, they could all get along without me. Um, that could be a very dark uh, place, a dark thought, and end up in a dark place uh, if, if that too uh, starts to believe that. Okay, so twos with a low self-mastery can become master manipulators. Now, what does she mean by that? Well, she means they, they could employ the use of covert strategies in order to communicate to others that they don't feel like they're being valued and appreciated like they should be. She says they could use guilt, blame, or shame to control others. And so if the idea is that if like the two starts to feel like they're not being appreciated, they're not being valued, they're not being cared about, were wanted in the center of that circle and people aren't relating to them in a positive way or meeting their need for worth and value, then the two might start to uh, communicate that in indirect ways, um, such as the use of guilt. You know, think like the uh, old grandma, you know, that, uh, well, I, I'm so glad that you guys finally were able to come and visit me. I know it's a lot of trouble, and I know that you have your busy lives, and uh, you don't have time for old grandma anymore. You don't have time for old grandpa anymore, and I, that's fine. I mean, I'm just happy that you're happy. And so when you attach your need, even if it's indirectly I need people to interact with me and I need people everybody does everybody needs people to interact with them um, when God made Adam in the garden he says it's not good for man to be alone and so that that need for interaction with people well rather than just state hey it's so good to see you and I hope you can come back soon because I really miss spending time with you now that's direct right that's the exact same you communicated the exact same need, but you did it directly. And that, that will probably be appreciated by the other person. They may, they may not you know, be able to visit you more, but just that straightforward, direct. But you have to be willing to admit your needs to be able to do that. And that sin of pride can keep a two from being able to express their needs or even being able to voice their needs. They feel it's too aggressive to just come out and say, I have a need. Or that if I have needs, then then you're supposed to need me. Uh, I'm not supposed to need you. That's the way this works. I'm a two. I'm supposed to help you. And here I am trying to voice my needs. It kind of like brings up that tilt moment that this does not compute. I can't express my needs because then you won't need me. And if you don't need me, then where does my worth and value come from? And so it can be a very difficult thing for a two to look you in the eyes and say, it's so good that you came and visited me. I love seeing you and I need to spend more time with you. And I want you to come and see me again. That could feel, you know, maybe a little too much. Um, so they may use a more covert way of communicating that 
uh, like I mentioned before, using guilt, attaching your sense of what a good person is with meeting their needs. And if you don't meet their needs, then maybe you're not a good person. There's the guilt. It's, it happens within your own mind and you can control whether or not you're gonna let yourself feel that guilt by just saying, this person is trying to make me feel guilty um, as a way of, of you know, manipulating, is what it is, manipulating me to their agenda. And you may, you may just confront them at that moment and say, do you need me to come see you more often? And then as soon as you point at manipulation, it tends to go away because it's kind of like a magic trick. It's only useful if people don't know how it's done. But once you point at it, you know, and say, are you wanting me? And then just state it directly. Are you wanting me to do the dishes? Are you wanting me to cut the grass? Um, because when you point at it, the hints, the suggestions, the, the, you know, and it can be positive or it can be negative, you know, the, the, uh, the angry face or the sad face or the, um, the, the wagging of the head of disapproval. And if you could just maybe state it out loud and say, are you needing me to help you with the, the, whatever the is being pointed at? Um, then that may help. Let's get. Let's just talk about this. Let's put it out on the table and let's talk about it with, with words more directly. Helping the two learn to communicate what they need in a more direct and healthy, balanced way rather than through suggestion or through covert strategies is the idea. Okay, so when twos fall into psychological despair, they then try to make the other person feel responsible. Now that's interesting. In other words, like if the two starts to go dark, maybe feeling unloved, uncared for, unwanted, not the special friend, like, they, like you don't really need me, then they may tend to get sullen. They may, get, they may go straight to eight and just you know pounce and just voice stuff that's been locked up inside them and sort of the teapot starts to rattle and shake and then you know and then it comes out um, all of this locked up pent up frustration and resentment from being taken advantage of in their mind taken advantage of and then finally it comes out I do all this work around here and I do this and I do that and this is the thanks I get this is the appreciation that I and it all comes out two goes to eight right um, but Sometimes it may not just come out. It may come out in facial expressions. It may come out in, in the manner in which they carry themselves. It may come out in a sullenness, a detachment, a, a disconnection. It's kind of like, since I'm, I don't feel like your special friend, well, then you're not going to feel like my special friend. Since I don't feel wanted and cared for, well, then... I might employ strategies to make you feel like you're not wanted and cared for. So every type does this to a degree. We kind of bring the very thing we're looking for, right? Um, sevens are looking for happiness and satisfaction. When they're healthy, they bring happiness and joy into everything they do. When they're not happy, they get up and leave and chase after whatever they think will make them happy. Nines chase after peace and comfort and, and tranquility, and they leave chaos in order to go uh, protect that. When they're healthy, they bring peace and comfort and tranquility into chaos and into dissidence. Ones, order, twos, 
love and compassion and friendship and warmth and all those things. That's what twos bring. Twos bring the warmth and the compassion. There's the positive side. They bring the very thing they're searching for. What are they searching for? They want to feel loved. They want to feel cared for. They want to feel valuable. They want to feel like they have this special relationship with the people in their lives. Okay, and when they're healthy, they bring that. When they're unhealthy, then they're chasing after that by serving and giving and flattery and kindness and actions. And what happens when they employ those strategies, but they don't receive back the thing they're looking for? Well, then they may flip, go dark, and then the things that they're feeling, they may sort of in a way try to make you feel like I'm not feeling loved and cared for so you're going to feel unloved and uncared for and they may use detachment they may use silence they may just kind of shut down and create distance and space between themselves and you um, and maybe other ways to not really punish you as much as they're just responding um, in an unhealthy way at the low levels of health and now that is going to feel like now if you're two try to catch this okay because this is important to the other people in your life um, that's going to feel to them like they're being manipulated like we didn't go along with dads or moms or grandmas you know whatever she came up with that we're all having Thanksgiving at grandma's house and we didn't go along with it and so now she's going to disconnect now she's going to go quiet now she's going to get sullen now she's going to pout now she's going to whatever it is the other people are gonna feel like she's trying grandma's trying to make us feel guilty or make us feel like we're not very loving we're not very kind we're not very gracious because we're not going along with what she wants she won't just maybe say out loud how she feels because again she's a two and it's hard for twos to communicate directly and verbally it's hard to own that emotional uh and the and that need so she may he or she may communicate that in a way that feels to in their life like they're being manipulated and you may not see that um, and that may be something that you're not aware of you're just feeling hurt you're feeling upset you're feeling unloved and it's just maybe natural for you to to just kind of shut down but the other people in your life may feel like you're trying to manipulate them to get onto your agenda and you may be surprised when they're frustrated with you or they disconnect further from you uh, which further just makes it worse right it amplifies the problem and again if somebody could just call it out maybe in a kind and compassionate and loving way say look there's a problem I can see that you're upset I can see that you're not feeling well um, let's talk about it and a two might resist that at first because it feels uncomfortable maybe to deal with things directly um, so let's see what else she says so twos fall into psychological despair and then try to make the other person feel responsible like you caused you know me to, to be sad or you caused me to be upset or you caused me uh, to be to be disconnected when their efforts are thwarted twos may use full force to get what they want that's again going to eight right uh, 
and uh, but may take no responsibility for their unproductive behavior. And so I think, again, twos might might kind of want you to read their mind at times. Like, you should just know what I need, and you should just know what, what the problem is. And, of course, most of us are not good at reading minds. Um, and many of us have kind of given up even trying. So um, that can be become problematic. So challenge twos uh, to be in a, in a kind, compassionate way uh, to express their real feelings and their real needs and their real po- personal goals more directly. That's great. I think... I, I think, um, you know, put that welcome mat out and say, look, I can see you're upset. Um, I can see that you're, 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 you're hurt. Um, and let's talk about it. And they may resist that. Okay, give them the opportunity and the freedom to resist that. And, you know, just pursue a little bit. And chances are good that the two will eventually come around and sort of let the tea kettle moment happen. Yes, I'm upset. And then psh, there it is. And good, now it's out. And we can deal with things now that we've, we're talking about them directly. We're maybe able to better deal with if there's a problem. Let's let's work through the problem. Let's solve it. And so I think don't give up. Just be compassionate and uh, maybe pursue a little bit and follow after them and um, try to get them to express. And there's the hard part: to express their needs, to express their desires, to express their wants more directly in a more healthy way. When you want something. If you want something, this is a helpful thing to remember for all of us, especially twos and nines. If you want something, then it's your responsibility to make that want known. It's your want. It's your desire, after all. So you own that want, and then it's your responsibility to express that want. Just make sure you're expressing it in a way that is clear so other people can understand it. And then everyone else has the right to respond to that want or that need in whatever they they in whatever way they want to, they have the freedom to meet that need or to ignore that need or to negate that need. Everyone has the right and the freedom to respond any way they want to, and we need to give each other that freedom. So, if you have a want or need, it's your responsibility to express that clearly and directly. And again, twos might feel like that's too aggressive or that's too, if I express my needs, then see, there's the pride. You need me. You need me. But the reality is, is we all need each other. That's the truth is it's not good for man to be alone. It's also not good for woman to be alone. We all need each other. And when it's okay to have needs, listen, it's okay to have needs. Let me just talk to you for a second, twos. Listen. It's okay for you to have needs. You're just a normal person like everybody else. Now that will strike against your pride, but you it, ask yourself the question, is it okay for a normal person to express their needs? Well, yes, of course it is. Okay, then it's okay for you. If it's okay for a normal person to say they need help or to say that they're feeling disconnected or they're feeling like they're like they're not being, you know, um, um, not, not maybe connected like they'd like to be with people, it's okay to express that. It's healthy to express that. All right, so what else? Let's look at the mid-level of health. The moderate level of health for a two is the friend. And I would I would nuance that with the special friend, okay? And the core concern here is feeling valuable, being liked, being needed, being appreciated, and feeling worthy. Again, a worth type, right? So very similar to the core fear of being unwanted, discarded, deemed intrinsically unworthy. At the better level of health, at the, at the mid-level of health, 
the core concern is I want to feel valuable. I want to be liked. I want to be needed. I want to be appreciated and, and, and feel worthy. Twos with a moderate self-mastery have many friends and are often at the center of social groups or institutions. Now, if they've been hurt, you know, through those social groups in the past, they may disconnect from social groups and say, oh, it's painful, you know, people saying nasty things or people complain or people criticize me. And so I'm not going to be a part of those social groups um, because it's uncomfortable to be criticized. It's uncomfortable uh, to to uh, feel like you're not really wanted or you're not really um Okay, so they read people well, they read people well, and engage others through flattery. Flattery is just focusing the attention on the other person. It feels great when somebody's flattering you. It feels great when somebody's focusing the attention on, on me. That feels wonderful. Uh, but it is a strategy. Uh, flattery, giving attention, doing favors, and engaging in other forms of interpersonal behavior, such as showing warmth that are sometimes sincere, but sometimes are not. They may also be emotionally aggressive and hovering, having difficulty saying no. They may, behind the scenes, orchestrate interpersonal dynamics. Orchestrate, that again, that might feel manipulative to some people. Um, they can be compassionate and helpful, offering useful advice that they expect others to take. And so the idea here is that, that at that moderate level of health, you know, they're making friends. They're, 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 they're kind, they're outgoing, they're warm, they're meeting needs. Uh, they're they're showing flattery to uh, uh, to people, showing attention to people, and that all feels good. You know, it feels good to receive that on to be on the receiving end of that two's attention. But then the idea is that now that person is kind of stuck to me. Now that person, you know, has has made a connection with me. And through that connection, I feel valuable as a two. I feel important. I feel cared about. I feel like I'm in the center of things or, or I'm, I'm more moving toward the center of things and wanted and liked. And it feels good by the two to be wanted and liked and needed. I mean, who doesn't want somebody around them that's, that's praising them? Of course, we all do, right? We all do. And so it is a strategy uh, to be needed and wanted by other people. I think one of the helpful things for a two to consider when they say yes to people, when they offer help and service and kind words to people, is just to pause for a second before they get entangled in other people's lives and just ask themselves, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? That is a very powerful thought, very powerful question for the two. Why am I doing this? Why am I offering my service? Why am I offering my help? Why? Um, and I think just pausing for a second and getting real with your motivations and sorting through those motivations and trying to, to get to some answers to that question could be a very growing experience for you as it could for other types as well. Why am I doing this? Why am I inclined to do this? And what if I didn't? What if I didn't? What if I didn't say yes to, to uh, you know, Pastor Bob's uh, request to offer assistance in the office or offer assistance in the nursery or offer assistance you know with the men's breakfast what if i said no to that is it okay well again a good question is is it okay for a normal person to say no sure it is okay well then it's okay for you to say no but you may feel yourself inclined just like a three is inclined to reach for that next award to reach for that next achievement to reach for that name brand 
to prove their worth and value, you as a two may find and discover that you are reaching for something as well. Uh, reaching for people's uh, approval, reaching for people's appreciation, reaching for people to want you and need you in their life. And you may just stop and pause and say, why do I need this so much? And what would my life be like if, well, how different would my life be if I didn't necessarily need that as strongly as I, as I do at this point? In other words, you know, how different would my life be if, if I could be full already? Ah, okay. So the highest level of self-mastery for the two, uh, she calls the humble servant. And I think, I think that that's appropriate. I think that that's not being facetious. Like, oh, look at me. I'm the humble servant. I don't think it's like that. I think it's the two when they've wrestled through issues of worth and value and they've come to the to the understanding that i'm valuable not because of what i do for others not because of how important i am to others but i'm valuable simply because i exist that the lord doesn't need me the lord wants me that's a huge thought for a two stop and think about it okay i'm not loved because i'm needed I'm needed because I'm loved. Whoa, that's worth the price of admission right there. Okay, so the humble servant. There is a profound purpose to everything that occurs and that it is independent of one's efforts. Now here's uh, the highest level of self-mastery. They no longer give to get. They do not feel a need to reinforce their self-worth by getting others to like them or orchestrating other people's lives. They're gentle, generous, humble, inclusive, and deeply compassionate. They simply give uh, to express their own deep needs directly. They sent, their sense of well-being and warmth draws others to them. That's fantastic, right? Every type when they're healthy is a beautiful thing. Every type when they're unhealthy can be a very dark you know, and scary thing, but healthy, you're bringing love, you're bringing compassion, you're meeting people's needs. And if you don't get the response that you'd like from others, it's okay. You don't necessarily need the response anymore. You know uh, inherently that there's worth and value simply because you're created in God's image and simply because you have a dog that loves you. And no matter what anybody else might say about you, you can go home at the end of the day knowing that you're a good person, that you're a person of value and worth, and that you are designed for the purpose of bringing love and compassion and, and, and kindness into this world. An unhealthy too, you know, wants to escape and reprimand uh, those that aren't kind and those that aren't compassionate and those that aren't like them, pride, okay? They want to uh, disconnect from those that aren't meeting their needs and disconnect from those that aren't caring for them appropriately. Um, a healthy too, goes into that environment and loves people that are unlovable, loves people that, that, um, that are disdainful, loves people that, that don't deserve it, loves people that aren't responding you know, the way they would like to respond. They just come in and serve and care and meet needs and love people from a sense of fullness, not in order to get anything, but just to express the love that they're so full of. Okay. 
That's why a one needs a two wing because a one can be very harsh, you know, and they need that softness of the two. And that three can be so focused on polishing up their own uh, exterior that they sometimes forget that they're here to serve other people. And that two wing helps remind them of that. So provide guidance for twos and developing their personal and professional vision and goals and focusing on what they want in their own lives, help them to think about what they want in their own lives, positive reinforcement. Okay, so I think we've covered it pretty well. We've gone about 40, almost 45 minutes. So we've covered the issue pretty well. And twos, be compassionate with yourself, okay? Um, what does that look like for you? Well, I think that um, recognizing that people won't always respond to you the way that, that they should. They just won't. They won't always get the message uh, that you're that you're sending they won't necessarily decode you know the message that you are coding for them and they may be oblivious they may look oblivious to your needs um, it's your responsibility to express those needs in a more direct straightforward manner in a kind compassionate manner which is your way and to um, wrestle with that issue of worth and value and wrestle with that issue of pride name the dragon and then go to work at slaying that dragon. Your one wing is there to ask you, am I doing what needs to be done or am I doing what will be appreciated? That's a rough one. The, the one wing is saying, do the right thing. Is it the right thing to be, uh, to, to go dark and sullen? Is it the right thing to be disconnected from people because they're not treating you right? Is that the right thing? And so the one is gonna ask you to do the right thing, do what needs to be done do what needs to be done, not what will give you the, the feeling of worth and value from others. And then the three wing is telling you, it's okay for you to have some goals. You know, it's not just about living for others. It's okay for you to have some goals for yourself. It's okay for you to set some goals for yourself and to improve yourself and to polish up yourself rather than just polishing everybody else. And when a two is balanced between their wings, they'll look more like a healthy four. Um, they'll go to that healthy side of four, um, you know, expressing themselves, knowing themselves, being in touch with their own feelings and needs and doing things that they enjoy doing, not just things that will get them the approval and, and the appreciation of others. An unhealth, you know, goes to eight, um, becomes more frank, direct, straightforward, or shuts down, um, and disconnects. So be be compassionate with yourself. Um, continue to wrestle and grow with with these issues, and uh, be present to life. And I think present to life is people don't always respond to you the way you might need them to. And you're the two. Love them anyway. Love them anyway. Just pour out the love. Dump it out. Well, I don't have any left to give. You know that's why after all, all these are on my shelf, right? Because when the people in our lives don't can't fill us. There's always another place to go to find that, that strength and that peace. All right. Love you guys. Be blessed. Take care. And uh, I'll see you next time.